the teams you care about. Mac Jones is good. That's not the question. The question is, is he good enough to win repeatedly in this loaded AFC? The stories that matter to you. If I'm Xander Bogarts, I need three things in order to get over that insulting contract offer. This is your home for New England sports. Jason Tatum, superstar, book it. This is the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV-AM, FM, and WDEVradio.com. What's up, everybody? Happy Friday right here on the Brady Farkas Show, WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. Short show again tonight. We're up until 6.10, then we've got Red Sox baseball. Sox looking to get out of this big-time funk swept away by the Blue Jays. They've lost four straight games. They couldn't score yesterday in the eighth inning. They couldn't score yesterday in the ninth inning. They couldn't score yesterday in the tenth inning. And now they're taking on the Rays, who just don't seem to lose. So it could be a tough weekend at Fenway, but we'll have all the games for you, as always, right here on WDEV. Talk very, very briefly about the Sox in the 6 o'clock hour leading up until the game. But at 545, we're going to welcome in Dave Marlowe. Dave Marlowe is the athletic director at Mount Mansfield Union High School. I want to bring him in, talk about the eSports debate from the administration side, because this is blowing up to a level that I didn't really think that it was going to. So hopefully we can talk to Dave and then kind of put the conversation to rest and all the people mad at me on social media, we can all get some answers together. We can also get you ready for the Patriots as they have their final preseason game tonight against the Raiders. You can get in, as always, on the Napa-Morrisville, Napa-Waterbury text line. That's 802-585-3026. It's your locally owned Napa stores in Waterbury and Morrisville. You can also get in on the brand new Facebook live stream. Oh, no, not today you can't. That's right. We're doing a little maintenance today on the video side of things. So usually check us out, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, my Twitter account, but not today. We'll be back at it on Monday there. Five, four, three, two, one. And here we go. The opening thoughts on the Brady Farkas Show are brought to you by Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber, Vermont's most complete locally owned home center with locations in Enosburg, Derby, Middlesex, St. Albans, and at Swanton Lumber. They're online at sixandstuff.com. Patriots getting ready for their final preseason game tonight. Hard to believe this is game three of three. Remember, with the extra regular season game, now we have one less preseason game. Usually we've had four to talk about, but this year only three. Patriots in Vegas tonight against the Raiders, 8-15. The expectation is that the Pat starters will play very little tonight. And I got to say, that's disappointing to me. I was hoping to see Mac Jones get a couple of series. We don't know how many he's going to get. Mike Reese of ESPN said, you know, the expectation is that they'll play very little. I don't think Mac Jones needs the preseason game action per se. I told you at the outset of the preseason, I was all right if Mac didn't play in the preseason at all. And I told you joint practices were enough. But you know what? The, the mood has changed a bit. The, the conditions on the ground are different than they were a month ago. With as poor and as inept as the offense has looked reportedly for most of camp, I would have liked to see Mac Jones and company get out and play an entire quarter, play a quarter and a half, get three, four series in. I mean, last week, Pat Starters on offense at least played three series. They went three and out twice. And then they scored the touchdown. That was aided by the long pass to Nelson Aguilar. I would have liked to see him play a couple series tonight. Get a bit of a rhythm going. Because last week they didn't really have a rhythm. right? Three and out twice is not a rhythm. 
And then I'm not saying they were lucky on the on the third possession, but you get one big play. Again, you didn't get a rhythm. You got one big play, which accounted for nearly everything that you did. I would like I would have liked to see today. I would have liked to hear that the plan was pat starters on offense, especially. We're gonna get you know three, four, five series. Again, they were gonna play into the second quarter, and it doesn't look like that's gonna be the expectation. But such is life. We still have a football game tonight. Patriots are still playing. And even without a good dose of the starters, there are some things to watch for. Okay, number one thing you should be watching for are those last bubble guys, those last roster battles. We talked earlier in the week about the wide receiver position and if the Pats want to keep five guys or six guys. And if they want to keep six, then I would say Christian Wilkerson and Trey Nixon can both make, both make the team. If they want to keep five, one of them is going to be cut. Okay, I told you I think Lil Jordan Humphrey is going to make this team as a tight end, so he's not in for my money in the wide receiver battle. But Nixon's drawn a lot of praise from Bill Belichick. He's worked on special teams, but can he go out tonight and play well enough to solidify a roster spot? We'll see. How about J.J. Taylor at running back? Taylor's a player that I really like. Now, he fumbled last year, and he got benched for eternity because of it, but he's a player I really like, small, but he runs hard, has a good burst, packs a good punch. I actually like him a lot, but the running back depth on this team is probably their best on the team. Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, Ty Montgomery, Pierre Strong, Kevin Harris, they're all running backs on this team. Do you keep all of them plus Taylor? That seems unlikely. Do you cut Taylor because he's the oldest and closest to the end of his contract? Maybe. Do you cut a guy like Harris or Strong who you just drafted this past year? I don't know. There's depth at this running back position. J.J. Taylor is good, but can he stand out again tonight? Also questions at defensive back. Sean Wade, the defensive line with a guy like LeBron Ray, Carl Davis. So there are roster bubble guys to watch. And then really for me, just the young players in general. Because we haven't had a young player. We haven't had a rookie that's really stepped up and become Mr. Preseason. It was Austin Carr a couple of years. It was Ramondre Stevenson last year. Can one of the young guys stand out tonight? Can one of them really stake their claim that they're going to be impactful this season? Pierre Strong has not done much at all in the preseason. He's a fourth-round pick. Can he put his stamp on this preseason? Marcus Jones, a defensive back out of uh, Houston, he should get a good run tonight. So with the starters not out there, we're kind of forced to look to alternatives, and the young players are that alternative. I also you know, want to see the linebackers. Again, I don't know who's going to play and how much, but I'd like to see the speed at the linebacker position. Mac Wilson, Raekwon McMillan. You know, I know what I got in Judon, but McMillan and maybe Anthony Jennings, how much do these guys play? So there are things to watch tonight. Obviously, again, the, uh, the starters are not expected to play a lot, but you know, roster battles – Young players, linebacker depth, linebacker speed. I think those are things that I'm going to be watching for tonight. The game is 8-15, remember. The first two have been at 7, but being out in Vegas with the time change, uh, this one is at 8-15. All right, we're going to get to Dave Marlowe, the athletic director at Mount Mansfield Union High School here, momentarily to talk about this. But I kind of want to put, I, I hope... This is the last time that we talk about esports being a potentially VPA sanctioned sport. 
I, I think it's interesting. I think it's important to talk about it. I didn't anticipate talking esports three separate days this week, and I didn't anticipate the the rash of negativity that I have personally received on social media because of my takes on this. Like, I, I can take it. I'm not offended by what people are saying to me, but I'm actually shocked that people think I'm so wrong on this. Like, it, it's one thing if you think, like, if, if I say the Celtics should or shouldn't go after Kevin Durant, that's one thing for you to think I'm wrong about. But me being wrong about this esports thing, I, apparently you most of you think I'm wrong, and I'm still not quite getting this. So Dave Marlowe, athletic director, MMU, one of the guys I've been going back and forth with on Twitter, he's going to join us here in a couple of minutes. But I just want to run down my thoughts in, in one more uh, kind of concise rundown here. If the VPA makes esports an official high school sport in the state of Vermont, I am okay with it. That's number one. I am also okay with athletes being dual rostered in a season where they play a traditional sport and also are on an esports roster. Boys basketball play if it's a winter sport, you play boys basketball and esports. If it's a spring sport, you play softball and esports. If it's a fall sport, boys soccer, volleyball and esports. Like I'm I'm okay with that. And I'm doing this, I'm I'm, I'm being okay with this for a couple of reasons. One, I want athletes, student athletes, to be able to do multiple activities. Okay, if you want to play esports and football, I want you to have that opportunity to become more well-rounded, get more socialization, make more friends, represent your school. I think that's great. I also don't want kids to have to choose between activities, and I don't want that choice to result in hurting a traditional sport. I think that's fair. If a kid drops off the football team in order to play esports, I, I don't want that situation. In some cases, it could hurt your your program's ability to exist if one player drops off. And in other cases, it just hurts the team, right? A kid who should be the starting quarterback quitting to play esports is not a great situation. I'm trying to avoid that. Four, when you play two sports in the same season, which is allowed, the VPA requires you to list a primary sport. I, I would like the team sport to be the primary sport. I would like eSports to be the secondary sport because, again, I want to protect the team sports numbers. A lot of you have a problem with me saying that. I, I don't think that that's that big an issue. And as a result of that, I would like eSports practice to not be mandatory for dual sport athletes. I don't want them to hurt their team sport. It goes along with making the team sport the priority. If, if eSports and football both practice at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I want the kid to go to football. The kid can practice eSports on his own when he gets home. And I also said I want eSports competition to be on days where traditional sports don't have other things, like maybe Sundays. That That is where I stand. I don't think that that is that out of bounds, but evidently a lot of you do, and I, I am surprised at the backlash. I, I, some of you have said to me, you know, who are you to value one sport over the other? The VPA makes you value one sport over the other. The VPA tells you you have to have a primary sport and a secondary sport, and your primary sport is just that. Again, I, I would like, yes, I would like your team sport to be your primary sport. I think that that is reasonable. You can practice football on, you know, you can't practice football at home. You can practice at practice. You can you can practice esports at home on your own time. 
I think asking your team sport to be your primary thing is not a uh, not a big issue. But uh, evidently, uh, some of you have asked me on social media to bring on someone smarter than me. We'll do just that now. Uh, we'll bring on an administrator. So Dave Marlowe from uh, Mount Mansfield Union High School is uh, with us on the phone line now. So uh, we got him. All right. Uh, we do have him. Yes, there we go. That's the right button that we wanted. Dave Marlowe, the athletic director at Mount Mansfield Union High School. Uh, I said the esports army is after me. People are mad at me about my take on this. Dave, thanks for being with me. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. Thanks for having me, Brady. Well, I would say I don't think we're necessarily angry with you. I just think we disagree with your your um, your comments about the the practices and, and competitions and so forth. Some people seem to be angry at me, and okay. uh, we can we can get to them. Let's let's get some logistical info here first. Um, how close <clears throat> is esports to becoming a VPA sanctioned sport? How close? I I don't know an officially sanctioned sport. I do know there are some high schools, South Burlington, CVU, being two in Chittenden County, that um, that have esports teams already started up. Um, I also know like down South Fairhaven's had one for quite a while now. Um, I know the VPA is looking to add it as, as another activity um, that they sanction and in doing so there's a committee that's forming um, within the VPA ranks um, to kind of explore this option more and see what works best for, for the schools that are interested, which we are definitely interested in, in doing. What would the benefit of adding esports be to your high school or any high school that's interested? Yeah, I think the benefit's no different than any other activity or sport that you you try to add within the walls of your building, and it's um, inclusion and a sense of community for those students who may not um, have another avenue to feel included within the school community. So. You know, like I said in our dialogue back and forth, you know, in my I've, this is year 11 for me at Mount Mansfield. Um, five or six years ago, we started volleyball as a varsity sport and girls on the girls side. Um, you know, we now have close to 40 participants. Um, we started Ultimate Frisbee around the same time. And my story with Ultimate is, you know, hearing kids at the water fountain at the end of the day saying, hey, check out my Ultimate jersey. Now I'm part of a team here. You know, and we gave out 30 varsity letters that first year. And so those are 30 kids that would not have received a varsity letter if it wasn't for Ultimate Frisbee. Um, and now this last spring, we had over 70 kids on our Ultimate team. Um, and then boys volleyball has grown over the last, since 2019, where we had nine kids, we now have 40 plus playing boys volleyball as well. Does it take away from other, you know, quote unquote, regular sports like football or soccer? Sure. But it, I think it adds more value than it does uh, more harm within the building. Maybe my concern is less for the schools in Chittenden County or for the bigger schools in the state and more for those division two, three, and four schools. I, I look around the state and there are sports that are, you know, there are, there are schools that are combining with two, three, four, five schools just to field a team. And one of my thoughts has been, that if you add esports or really any other activity, any other non-traditional sport, you run the risk of taking numbers away from those teams that already don't have numbers. Maybe that's not a concern at your school, but is it a fair concern somewhere around the state? I'm sure everyone has that kind of concern around the state, um, especially at those smaller schools. But I look at 
you know, again, to use your example, you had yesterday on online with U32 football mm-hmm. and they have six different schools coming in and, and participating in football. U32 is providing an opportunity for those kids who wouldn't have an opportunity to play football otherwise because their school doesn't have a football team. Um, and it could be for a variety of reasons. I don't think by including, by adding a new activity or a new sport into your building, I don't think it's going to affect the, the overall population as much as, as one may think it does. If anything, I think it may actually help the population in the community more. David Marlowe, athletic director at Mount Mansfield with us here on the Brady Farkas show on WDEV. So I want to step back and make my position clear again. I am okay with esports being a VPA sport. I am okay with it being, you know, I, I am okay with kids being dual rostered and playing football or soccer or volleyball and doing esports. My only ask is that those sports be the primary. And I don't get why I'm getting so much grief on that because I've talked to leaders around the state. And as I understand it, when bass fishing got put in, that is a fall sport. There are kids that play fall sports and do bass fishing. And the team sport is the required primary sport. And you do bass fishing when you're not doing your other sport. That is all I'm asking for here. And I don't get why I'm getting so much pushback on that. I, I don't think the dual sport athlete in one season is anything new in a lot of places. I mean, we have a lot of athletes who in the spring in particular do track and field and play lacrosse, baseball, softball. I mean, one of our, one of our better male athletes we had a few years ago was probably our best boys lacrosse player, but also was a state champ, multiple state championship winner in track and field. And, you know, I don't think, I think schools can find a way to, to allow kids to do multiple things in one season if it works. Obviously, there are some sports that it doesn't work with. Um, but, you know, it, those sports are easy. Bass fishing is another example of something that could be easy to make it work because there's only two events in the fall. You know, and honestly, you're not going out and, and practicing how to cast, you know, five days a week um, for just two events. And so I think there is some flexibility there that you're able to, to provide. And I think esports is another one of those opportunities that, that students are able to, to have that flexibility. I don't foresee it being an issue doing dual sports both ways. You know, the VPA does have a loyalty clause where they have to, you know, you have to be loyal to your school's activities. It's really, it's really made for those outside organizations during the same season, you know, for instance, like soccer or football and AAU basketball during mm-hmm. the, during the fall. But, you know, I know here at MMU, when we have a student athlete who wants to do multiple sports, we sit down with them and the coaches and we work it out because ultimately, you know, it's if what the athlete wants to do and you don't want to lose an athlete because you're not willing to be flexible. So isn't that exactly what I was saying though, from the start, I said that I thought that if a kid was dual rostered, that there should be no mandatory practices for that kid. And basically saying that, okay, the kid's got the primary sport of football, then he doesn't have to go to esports practice if it's the exact same time. But if he doesn't have football, then he goes to esports practice. That's exactly what I said. And I'm still confused by maybe not from you, but all the pushback that I've been getting. Yes, I, I guess what I am guilty of is I would like the team sport to be the primary sport always. And maybe somebody wants esports to be their primary sport. And maybe that's one thing that I'm not willing to bend on that someone's mad at me about. But 
I want the team sport to be the primary sport to keep the numbers strong. And then you can go do esports to your heart's content when your schedule allows for it. And I've asked the competitions to be on days where they're not likely to interfere with the team sport. That is why I said Sunday. And while I understand there are some Sunday activities, it's certainly more rare than other days of the week. I feel like now we're getting to the point where we agree, but we're just saying it differently. Yeah, I mean, I do I do think, you know, typically, you know, the VPA has that rule where you need to have one day off within a seven-day period, right? So mm-hmm. even with the team sports, you need to have, you need to offer that one day. A lot of schools offer Sundays as being that day off, you know, it varies depending on the sport around here. A lot of times teams are practicing on Sundays. They'll take Saturday off or they'll take a Thursday off during the week or something. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you know, ultimately, I, you know, I, I think if esports does come in and it's sanctioned, you have to treat it like you would any other team sport because technically it is a team sport. It looks different than than your normal, typical soccer, football, basketball. But it's it's really in order for it to gain any traction and to, to hold its weight, you need to treat it no differently than you would any of the other sports. The kid who you talked about who was the best lacrosse player and the best track and field athlete. When three o'clock comes around and there's lacrosse practice and track practice, he's not at both of them. So how he does it get his time? He splits his time. He would split his time. And to be honest with you, track was his priority sport because that's what he was going to play in college. So he would miss lacrosse games, communicated ahead of time, would miss lacrosse games for track for track meets. Hmm. Well, that is a uh, I would I would think that that is more of a special scenario because most people cannot get away with not practicing at their team sport and still be either good enough to play a bunch or um, you know integral enough to the team that they can get away with that. Like Tom Brady can miss training camp practice for 11 days and get away with it. And uh, your backup quarterback cannot. And I, so I think that, well, I guess you're right. That can't happen. I feel like that is more rare and I don't want to make that a choice well, across and, the board. And you got to remember for, for track and field athletes, they can practice really anytime. So he can get his training in with the coach before school, after lacrosse practice, whatever, it's, you know, but again, that was sat, they sat down and communicated that with the lacrosse coach and the track coach together. So everyone was on the same page. Another reason I said esports doesn't need mandatory practice because the kid can go to football practice from three to five, go home, do his homework, and play esports from eight o'clock to 11 o'clock at night and still get the same work in. So I, right. I feel like, I do feel like we're saying the same thing now in a different way, which makes me feel better because everybody on Twitter had me thinking I was a moron yesterday. And uh, I'm glad that the administrators are, are feeling more like I am today, maybe just with different packaging of the message. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I think it's one of those things where, you know, you can hold events and they can start at four o'clock and you could be a football player. And maybe you miss that, that day's practice because you're an esports athlete and you have to be at that event because that event is important. You know, it's no different than if you had a football game, you want to go to esports practice and miss your football game. You know, and I think that's the communication piece is huge, but I think providing an opportunity and I know they're looking to do it in the middle schools as well in that sixth, seventh, eighth. And if you can get the more kids, you can be active within your, within the school walls at a high school setting, you know, I think is huge. I mean, we, we strive ourselves here at being high participation numbers all the time. And you know, we had 68% of our student body participate in one sport last year. And then if you add all the clubs and activities that we offer, whether that's theater or band or chorus or any of the 30 different clubs that we offer here at the high school, 
you know, we're up to 93%. And so 93% of our student population, if adding esports adds another 2% of our population to, you know, to bump that up even more, more to it. I mean, we're adding bass fishing this, this fall. And it's just another sport that allows kids an opportunity to be, be a part of something. David Marlowe, Athletic Director of Mount Mansfield Union High School. David, appreciate you clearing some things up and having the discussion with me. And uh, we'll do it again down the road. Hey, best of luck in your fall seasons, which are uh, beginning uh, not too long from now. Yeah, thanks, Brady. Take care. Yeah, you as well. That's Dave Marlowe, the Athletic Director over at Mount Mansfield Union High School. Um, Look, that was a good conversation. It was a useful conversation. And I got to be honest, after talking with Dave, I do feel like we are largely on the same page now. And I feel like we were largely on the same page all along. I still don't get why people are mad at me. And I was fielding a lot of not really nice things on social media about this. It sounds pretty reasonable to me to have team sports be a kid's primary sport and that a kid not choose esports over his primary sport. Like that all sounds pretty fair. And it also sounds fair to expect those esports athletes to practice on their own and not need an in-school practice which could get in the way. Like I don't think when I say I said a week ago, I think there should be no mandatory practices. That's really what I'm referring to. If a kid's got football practice and esports practice at three o'clock in the afternoon, the kid goes to football practice because one, there's a team component to it there and he's he's hurting the team by not being there in a lot of cases. And two, he can't practice football at home. He can practice esports at home on his own. I guess, as I mentioned to Dave, there's one thing that I'd bend on. If a kid wants to miss a practice, maybe I didn't say this to Dave, but Dave said this to me, and I guess I agree with it. If a kid wants to miss a team practice for an esports competition, I called for esports competitions to be all on Sunday, but if they're not, if a kid wants to miss a practice for an esports competition, I suppose I can be okay with that. But I don't think every kid can get away with that. Like your starting quarterback can't miss Friday practice. Maybe your backup punter can, or your ninth grade fourth string defensive lineman can. Like, I think what Dave is saying is right that communication is key. And there will be situations where a team sport athlete is needed at all the practices and cannot get away with it. Your quarterback, your point guard, your starting goalkeeper in soccer. But there will be situations where a person isn't necessary at practice. I think back to me, like, if I pitched on a Monday, am I really needed at practice on Tuesday? I'm not going to throw. I can't do anything else. That would be a day where, okay, I can go to the eSports competition if there is one. Communication is key. It will work for some. It will not work for others. But I, I just think that my position on this was was never that controversial. Like, eSports can exist. Dual rostering, I think, should be allowed. I think a primary sport has to be declared. I would obviously like the primary sport to be the team sport. In order for you to choose eSports over your primary sport, there has to be a clearly discussed plan with your administration as to why that's okay for you. Again, maybe you're hurt. Maybe you just pitched. Maybe you're third string. Maybe you're not in the game plan. Whatever. Again, it's going to work for some and not for others. I 
I just don't think that Dave and I were that far off from each other. People were disagreeing with me. I think the, the packaging of the message was different, but largely I think the message was the same. The one thing I push back on is I don't think the idea of truly splitting time between sports is logical. Now, he mentioned a special case at MMU a couple of years ago where the kid's a lacrosse player and doing track and field, and he's good at both, and he split time. Most kids can't get away with that. I guess some are truly gifted enough to not need practice, but most aren't. And most will hurt their standing on their team sport by not being there. Like, I remember I played summer baseball and summer basketball, and summer basketball led into the high school season. And I skipped summer basketball a lot for summer baseball. It absolutely hurt my standing. Not that the coach held it against me, but that everybody else got better than me. I wasn't there. So, you know, when you try to serve two masters, a lot of times you end up hurting yourself. Not everybody is gifted enough to get away with not being at practice. So if it works for the one kid, then great. It doesn't work for most. It's the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Red Sox baseball coming up momentarily. I also want to get to one last Patriot story here. There's one national sports radio host that sounds like he doesn't watch a whole lot of the Patriots. I'll tell you who he was and what he said. That's coming up next on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV. This is WDEV, Vermont's news station, owned and operated by the Radio Vermont Group. From the top of Sugarbush, 96.1 FM, WDEV Warren and Waitsfield, 96.5 W243 Barry, 98.3 W252 CU Montpelier, along with our founding station, AM550 WDEV Waterbury Montpelier. Streaming at WDEVradio.com. 91 years of serving Vermont, the friendly pioneer, WDEV. Make your opinion heard by texting onto the Brady Farkas Show at 802-585-3026. Now it's back to the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEVradio.com. Welcome back in, Brady Farkas Show, right here on this Friday on WDEV, AM and FM, WDEVradio.com. Just a couple of minutes away from Red Sox baseball. Red Sox taking on the Rays tonight, first of uh, three here in a weekend series at Fenway. Sox have lost four straight. I do have one piece of news on the Sox I want to get to momentarily, but I do want to mention this. Ian Fitzsimmons from ESPN Radio, our guy Freddie Coleman hosts a show with him, Freddie and Fitzsimmons. Ian Fitzsimmons sounds like a guy who does national radio and doesn't spend a whole lot of time watching the Patriots. And by the way, I don't blame national guys for not knowing everything about local teams, right? National guys need to cover a mile wide and an inch deep. They need surface-level knowledge of everything. I need to cover a bunch of inches deep and not that wide. So we have opposite job responsibilities. It's not Ian's job to know everything about the Patriots, but it's sometimes painfully obvious when national guys don't quite have their bearings as to what's going on at a local market. Because what Ian Fitzsimmons said the other night on Freddie and Fitzsimmons about the Pats was uh, completely off base to me. Josh McDaniels was still calling plays. I'm right there with you, Freddie. But with Matt Patricia calling plays, I have zero faith in that offense right now. And I think Mac Jones is going to take a blunt of the blame. But, Why? Man, and, and I hope because. It, it, 
no one's talking about the OC and play calling. You know, if if it's all going to be about you know a first round draft pick who led his team as you mentioned to the playoffs, ended up in the Pro Bowl, and if he take if he regresses in year two when you're supposed to take a big jump in year two, they're not going to be blaming Matt Patricia. They're not going to blame Bill Belichick. Who are they going to blame? The guy who threw the pick. No. That is the definition of a national guy who's not following the local storylines as much. Because I told you last week, if this Patriots offense struggles, it is likely not going to be viewed as Mac Jones's fault. Unless they're like if Mac Jones throws a pick, and unless on the highlight all of the armchair quarterbacks at home can clearly see that it was Mac Jones's fault, like clearly. The the route is perfect, the guy is open, and Mac misses it. Unless that is the case. This is all going to fall on Bill Belichick. Ian says, oh, no one's talking about the play caller. No, no, we're all talking about the play caller. And we're all talking about the guy who put the play caller in place. If the Patriots struggle, this is going to fall on Bill Belichick. I I see that scenario falling that way 95% of the time. Like, if the Pats struggle, 95% of the blame goes on Bill Belichick. Because either Bill Belichick didn't give Mac Jones a good offensive coaching situation, those guys don't know what they're doing, and Bill hired the wrong guys, Bill didn't coach them up well. Like Bill Belichick's going to be the first target if things go haywire. Again, unless we can all clearly see on our, on our televisions that Mac Jones made a more poor play, this is going to be all about Belichick and what he failed to provide for Mac or how he didn't try hard enough to keep McDaniels like we talked about yesterday. Or about, hey, Bill, why'd you draft a guard in the first round when your quarterback could have used a stud wide receiver? Those are going to be all the things that we first point the fingers at here. I mean, Ian Fitzsimmons is a smart guy. He's just clearly paying attention to 32 teams and not just one like we are. Because the biggest source of consternation among all of Patriots Nation is who's calling the plays, number one, why do we not know, are they qualified to call the plays, and why did Bill empower one of these two guys that we're not sure is qualified to call the plays, and then like Tom Curran said yesterday, why is Josh McDaniels not still here? Those are all the things that are on Patriots fans' minds before it being Mac Jones' fault. The Patriots did get to the playoffs last year, and Mac Jones was a big reason why. But we all acknowledge that Mac Jones needs a cushy set of circumstances in order to be good, right? Like, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have Devontae Adams. Russell Wilson didn't have a great defense. These guys are superstars. They're asked to overcome issues. We don't expect Mac Jones to overcome issues. We expect him to work in the confines of a friendly system. And if he struggles, we're going to ask why Bill Belichick took that away and did not rebuild it. So that is going to be the issue for the Patriots. Bill Belichick, Mike Reese of ESPN said it right a couple of weeks ago, and we agreed with him, that Bill Belichick is is the number one target. If this thing doesn't work, Bill Belichick is the reason why. Uh, Patriots and Raiders coming up tonight. That is going to be an 8-15 kickoff again in Vegas. Red Sox are starting here momentarily. Sox taking on the Rays. I do want to give out one shout-out to Bobby Dahlbeck yesterday. Yesterday was an awful Red Sox game. Sox couldn't hit, couldn't drive in runners. A 2-for-20 with runners in scoring position. They left a zillion men on base. I want to give Bobby Dahlbeck a bit of credit. Bobby Dahlbeck made an error in the middle of that game. I forget what inning at this point, but Vlad Jr. was up. Bases were loaded. He hit a fly ball on the first baseline, and Bobby Dahlbeck missed it. 
right? He was running back on it. It was a tough play towards the line. It was a foul ball. Dahlbeck missed it. Vlad Jr. then hit a two-run single off Cutter Crawford, and that gave the uh, the Blue Jays a lead. Later in that game, Bobby Dahlbeck hit a sacrifice fly. And that sounds small to you, but that's actually a big deal to me. Bobby Dahlbeck made a bad play. He did not compound a mistake with a mistake. He did not try to do too much. He came back, and he found a way to help the team. And I'm at the point of the season where I told you the Red Sox are done. I'm no longer as interested in the result. I am interested in in little things, and that's a little thing that was actually quite a big deal to me. You make an error. You didn't go in the tank. You came back. You hit a sacrifice fly. You drove a ball to the gap that allowed a run to score. That helped the team. It's 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 small to you. It's big to me. And uh, as you're looking for things about guys' makeup and about guys' character into the offseason, that's a big one that Bobby Dahlbeck was able to overcome that failure and find a way to help the team. No time for the lineups. Red Sox and Rays coming at you in about five seconds. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you on Monday on DEV.